Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. All right, so a quick cleanup on aisle four. I expressed some uncertainty about what streaming service was showing Ted Lasso in the last episode and landed on Disney+. And... As a few people pointed out on social media, it's on Apple TV+. Apologies if I led any of you into buying a Disney Plus subscription. Then again, based on my review, I'm guessing I didn't exactly inspire anyone to go hunting for the show if they weren't watching it already. The plan for this episode was to talk about the impact of ownership on a team. And I am indeed going to do that. It's just not going to be on the owner that I expected or owners. I had planned to talk about how when an owner becomes personally involved in a team, that it generally leads to a lot of noise, but not a lot of success. Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys is a perfect example. He has followed in the footsteps of the late Al Davis with the Raiders, always around taking counsel from some of his former great players, no doubt presenting ideas about how they should play and who should play, perhaps not cognizant of the fact that GMs and head coaches are more likely going to acquiesce to the owner's wishes even if they don't believe those wishes will work, even if they have incontrovertible evidence that they won't work because they don't want to risk losing their jobs. It's why a Jimmy Johnson ultimately decides he can't stay in Dallas. And a guy like Jason Garrett 
stays as long as he does. But I expected to use Jones as a jumping off point to talk about two NBA owners who are also in Texas, namely Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, and Tillman Fertitta, who's the owner of the Houston Rockets. With the last episode about what I see as overinflated expectations for the Warriors, and the episode before that being about Ben Simmons, the disgruntled Philadelphia 76ers point guard who is on the trading block, I didn't expect to talk about either of them again anytime soon, even with the report from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski that Simmons has no intention of reporting to camp or ever playing for the Sixers again. You could have set your alarm to Rich Paul, Ben's agent, wanting to get that out there. A saber-rattling attempt to get the Sixers not to do what I intimated in the podcast that they will, which is not move him before training camp and wait for a deal to team president Daryl Morey's liking to present itself, even if that takes a while. My plans not to talk about the Warriors or Simmons flipped to talking about the Warriors and Simmons after Warriors owner Joe Lacob talked openly Tuesday about his team's interest in the disgruntled Philadelphia 76ers guard. I actually didn't see his comment or comments until a GM texted me with a link asking, how is this permissible? The answer, it's not. Which is what left me absolutely gobsmacked by the reporting and commentary that accompanied his comments apparently made to the San Francisco Chronicle in an exclusive interview. For those who didn't catch it, Lacob thought he was clever by not technically ever using Simmons' name, referring to him as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Philadelphia, and saying, I think we are looking at everything to see if we could improve our team. We would always look. He also said, in some ways, it doesn't really fit what we're doing. He makes a lot of money. And can he finish games? I don't know. He's very talented. The problem is, we have Draymond. Draymond and him are very similar in the sense that neither one really shoots and they do a lot of the playmaking. That's one issue. The salary structure is another. Look, I covered the Warriors during the Chris Cohan ownership era. So I know that ownership can be a lot worse than this. Lacob thinks big and has been willing to spend big, and he has presided over the most successful era in franchise history. But good lord, this is a train wreck of an interview on so many levels. It's almost impressive that Lacob could create as many issues as he did in what appeared to be a relatively short interview, or at least in a relatively limited number of quotes. Let's start with the comments about Simmons. For someone who already is set to pay a league-high $176 million in player salaries this year, Lacob doesn't appear to be worried about dropping another fifty dollars or $75,000 for tampering. Daryl Morey got popped $75K for tweeting about Steph Curry, and the Sixers got popped another 75 k as well, and the Warriors' Draymond Green got fined 50 k for making complimentary comments about Devin Booker during an appearance on TNT's Inside the NBA. This was back 
during the bubble. This is what I find funny. The the story says Lacob was being careful not to get fined for tampering. Really? Never mind that he tampered in a far more overt way with a player under contract to a team president and franchise that had to pay up for tampering with one of Lacob's players in a far more innocent way. Steph's brother, for those who forget, Seth plays for the Sixers, and after Steph tweeted congratulations to Seth for a great performance, Maury tweeted back, jokingly, join him. This is far more egregious than that, seeing as Simmons is legitimately on the trading block and a legitimate possibility to join the Warriors if they desired. There's no chance that Steph is joining Seth in Philly. Lee didn't see it that way, but that's the reality there was already a rumored offer on the other hand of simmons to the warriors before the draft in exchange for james wiseman andrew wiggins and their first two first round and their two first round picks an offer the warriors supposedly and rightfully scoffed at if maury and sixers owner josh harris haven't already filed a complaint with the league office about lakeup's comments i will be stunned lakeup not only openly courts the idea of trading for Simmons, but also potentially impacts his trade value by making several derogatory observations. Now, I called the league office to see if I'm right that a fine is forthcoming, but had not heard back at the time I recorded this. I can tell you this. The Warriors are expecting Lacob to get fined. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Then... There are the comments about Draymond Green not being able to shoot. Lacob apparently is not aware of why the Sixers find themselves in a jam with Simmons in the first place. Because of disparaging remarks by Joel Embiid about Ben's reluctance to shoot and Doc Rivers doubling down and being uncertain that he could win a championship with Simmons on the team. In part for the same reason, Ben's reluctance to shoot. I've seen people question... What's wrong with any of that when it comes to Doc and Joel, by the way? Seeing as there's reasonable validity to both statements. Here's what's wrong. You don't publicly throw a teammate or a player under the bus like that, particularly after an emotionally charged playoff loss. And especially if you are already thinking of maybe trading him. It doesn't matter whether or not it's true. There are plenty of truths that are not stated publicly for the very reason that the Sixers are now in a jam. Because, especially in the NBA, if you get sideways with a player, you can't just make him go away the way you can with, say, a player in the NFL. You still have to pay him, or you have to move him. And if he makes the kind of money Simmons makes, $33 million this season, moving him is no easy trick. And, and if you need to make a deal that improves your roster because you haven't been able to do anything else to improve since getting upset in the second round, well, now you're really over a barrel. 
That's what is wrong with calling Ben Simmons out. Doc and Joel threw the first couple of stones that led to an avalanche. If I'm Draymond Green, I'm insulted that my owner would put me in the same category as Ben Simmons. Highly insulted. Draymond Green isn't a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. He's a Defensive Player of the Year winner. Draymond has been on an all-defensive team six times in his nine-year career. Four times first team. He's a two-time All-NBA selection. He helped you win three championships. Yes, he got sideways with Kevin Durant. But that's not why KD left for Brooklyn. The fact that he realized he would always ride shotgun to Steph playing in the Bay Area is why he left for Brooklyn. And yes, Draymond unnecessarily, and I'd say unfairly, threw GM Bob Myers and head coach Steve Kerr under the bus by claiming the mishandled flare-up between him and KD, saying that they mishandled it. But Kerr and Myers handled his comments the way they needed to be handled. They said nothing and let the court of public opinion let Draymond know he was out of line. None of that warrants suggesting he and Ben Simmons are basically the same player. Simmons has never been past the second round. He has only two all-NBA team credits and one uh, all-NBA defensive team credits and one all-NBA selection. He had the lowest postseason free-throw shooting percentage in league history last spring, shooting 34.2% by making only 25 of 73 attempts in 12 games. He absolutely refuses to shoot threes in the postseason, taking and missing all of two in 34 games. If I'm not mistaken, he's 5 for 34 for his career in the regular season. Draymond, conversely, is not afraid to shoot in pressure situations. His free throw shooting actually improves in the playoffs from 71% during the regular season to 73%. As do his attempts, another stark difference from Ben. At times, he may overtly look to get Steph a shot, especially last season. But there have been times where he has scored some big buckets, including some big threes. His career playoff average shooting the three, 31.5%, is basically the same as his career regular season mark. And he averages nearly uh, nearly four a game during the postseason, four attempts, which is a decent number. Now, all of that pales in comparison to what Steph and Clay do on a regular basis. But hell, most players would pale in comparison to those two. If 31% isn't respectable, it's at least acceptable. And let's put it this way. The Sixers wouldn't be thinking about moving Ben if he had taken and made that many threes. Or simply was a relative facsimile of what Draymond has been in the postseason. Finally, there was Lacob's comment in a separate San Francisco Chronicle article that the Warriors should compete for a title this year and open another four to five year window of title contention. I mean, does he not sound like he's channeling Jerry Jones? I'm all for optimism and shooting high. 
But again, it's a bit of an insult to the Warriors' dynastic squads that Lacob thinks Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, and James Wiseman can be the next iteration of Steph, Clay, and Dre. It sounds nice, but it completely downplays how absolutely special that trio was or how unique they fit together in strengths on the floor and personality or how fortunate the circumstances were that they got them at the cut rate prices they did for a variety of reasons, allowing them to add one Kevin Durant to facilitate the last two championships. Now that I think about it, Jerry Jones built Jerry World, a phenomenal new stadium with all the bells and whistles. Bob uh, Joe Lacob did basically the same thing in the Bay Area with the Chase Center. Phenomenal facility. Also coming on the heels after all of the Warriors' success. Kind of not unlike Jerry Jones in everything that he has built there. All I can say is light a candle for GM Bob Myers and head coach Steve Kerr. Because if another dynastic run is what Joe Lacob thinks this roster is supposed to produce, they are the ones who are more than likely to be held accountable if it doesn't. Meanwhile, Joe, you can make that $75,000 check out to the National Basketball Association in care of Adam Silver. That's A-D-A. You get the point. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Was not expecting that I would be talking about LeBron James again anytime soon, but that appears to be the case with two items hitting the news in the last 48 hours. That's LeBron James gathering the Lakers in Las Vegas for a three-day bonding minicamp and Carmelo Anthony referring to LeBron James as the GM of the Lakers. Now, the latter is really not news, but all of this put together says something about where the Lakers are, what they're trying to accomplish, what LeBron hopes to get out of this season what all of that means. And we will tackle that in the next episode. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.